Okay, it's recording. Um, so we're going to talk about whole food vitamins um, and, of course, answer some questions. Lonette always has lots of questions, so we'll make her stay quiet until the end. Otherwise, we'll be here for hours. No, just um, so whole food vitamins. When you hear whole food vitamin, um, a lot of there's a lot of whole food vitamins out there, and I don't want to bash any of them. A lot of them do a really good job of doing a whole food vitamin. But whenever you have a vitamin that you can actually look at what the ratios are of vitamins in there, they have to isolate it in, in some way to be able to know how much of each vitamin are in there. Because each herb, every time you get it, is different. Um, there can be a whole food vitamin C that comes from a whole food that is still isolated, if that makes sense. Um, with our bodies are intended to be able to use food. Um, yeah, I'm recording. Um, <laughs> it, our bodies are intended to use food, not necessarily food products. Every time a food is processed, it enters our system differently. Um, we can take B vitamins, for instance. A B vitamin, you can take a B12 and wow, it pumps you up and you got a lot of energy and everything. Um, sugar does the same thing in some ways. And then you kind of crash a little bit and you, you always have to have your B vitamin, B12 to get you going and running and everything. And it's, it's really strong and everything. And yes, it'll get you up and moving and stuff. But it doesn't enter, it doesn't stick around as long a lot of times when, that, when they're isolate because our body is able to just use that and not have to break it down and um, utilize it slowly. It's kind of like time release. Like there's a lot of B vitamins and grains. How many people really eat whole grains these days? They don't. Hardly at all. Um, when I say grain, most people think, oh, bread. Um, oatmeal. Oatmeal. <laughs> um, uh, cream of wheat. Uh, <laughs> but those still aren't really grains. Those are grain products. Those are pieces of grains. You have um, them when they're ground up or oatmeal. It's cooked and then smashed. Um, and there's a lot of important things in a grain when it's whole. A seed, it's a seed that can put in the ground and plant it and it can grow. And the thing that allows it to do that is actually some of the things that are very important for us nutrient-wise. There's um, the endosperm that has a lot of nutrients in it. It has the, uh, well, the endosperm, sorry, I was lying. The endosperm is this part that's just the sugar. It's the reward for eating your good stuff. <laughs> Um, it's just the white stuff in the inside. It's the, what has the gluten. It's what has the um, all of that other stuff, the sugar of the grain. <clears throat> and then you have the outside, which is the bran. And the bran actually doesn't really get digested. It goes to the colon, and it's merely to help your bowels work. How many people in America are constipated? If, you don't have, if your bowels don't move at least once a day, but preferably three, you're constipated. And most Americans, I... I served a mission for my church when I was in Tennessee, and I served around some elders. They were 19-year-old young men, and they would have competitions on how long they could hold it. Go for a week, and then, man, <laughs> seriously, uh, <laughs> it destroys your health. Um, your bowels have to move, and grains have a lot of those fibers that are really important for your bowels to move, but they also have the germ in there, and the germ is the life of the grain. That's what actually germinates and then starts to grow, and that's really important for actually fertility and for um, your sexual organs functioning properly, but it also has a lot of B complex and a lot of other things. There's a lot of really good things in grain. Um, if you're Christians or whatever, if you believe in the Bible, 
the Bible, um, there are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were taken into the king's palace, and they were going to be given all the king's meat and wine, and they told, no, I don't want that. Um, I want pulse. And then they, by eating the pulse, they were strong, they were more intelligent, and they, they just excelled past everyone that was eating just the meat and the king's wine. Pulse is grains and nuts and seeds. It's those things that grow. <laughs> um, those are the things we need in our bodies. Um, there's nothing wrong with meats. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with meats. You can use meats. Um, you can use vegetables. You can use grains. I believe that every source of different foods that we have on this world were created by God for different reasons, and they should be used and used with prudence. Um, animals, the reason why meats sometimes are a problem is because um, what they're fed. They're fed stuff and they're not a healthy animal, and we're eating something that's not healthy, and all of their unhealth is in their fat. And so if we're eating something that has that fat on it, we're eating all of the toxins that their body couldn't get rid of. So that's uh, oftentimes an issue with meat. Um, but why I've deviated off onto the subject about food and stuff is because whole food vitamins were intended to get our nutrients from our food. But America, we've grown things on the same land for so long and over and over, and we put back three things. We put like sulfur and we put just a few things into our stuff just to make the crops grow, not necessarily nutrient-wise. All the minerals should be put back into the soil. Iron should be, well, yeah, iron, um, iodine should be put back into the soil. There's a lot that should be put back into the soil. There should be crops that are grown to just till into the soil to make them so they're healthy. So when you grow an onion, it has iodine in it. But if the soil is devoid of iodine and you grow an onion, can the onion have iodine in it? And that's the sad thing in America today. A lot of our stuff is overgrown. And that's why it's become important to supplement and have vitamins. But where did our vitamins originally come from? And when men kind, I don't think we're as healthy as we were <laughs> years back. Men lived, well, in the Bible they lived a lot longer. But um, <laughs> when we stopped eating the foods that have all of those nutrients or we have overgrown so much, we have such a lack of nutrients and we have cancers and so many things because we don't have those nutrients and we got them from food. So where should we get them? From food. <laughs> um, and that's why we use the vitamin that we have. We, um, for years, used an isolate vitamin. We had one that we sold and we would get the best sources that we could. Um, but over the years, it, it partially it was hard to get and there were some other reasons um, that we decided to go with a whole food vitamin. And our whole food vitamin is whole herbs. It's herbs that have high concentrations of different vitamins. For instance, the vitamin C has rose hips and it has acerola cherries and it has paprika. All of those have high concentrations of vitamin C and everything else that goes with vitamin C. Vitamin C is a complex just like B complex. You know there's B1 and B9 and B whatever. Exactly. There's Bs from one to a thousand almost. And there is with every other vitamin. But um, it's determined by I don't know who that a certain B is what we need or a certain C is what everybody needs. And so that's what's isolated. And all of the rest are thrown away. And they may isolate it from rose hips or they may isolate it from other ones. But it's good to have the whole plant because then we have all of the other things that are around the seed that help to absorb and help to utilize it. 
And that's why if you buy our whole food vitamin, it has several pills because it takes that much to get your vitamins because it's not as concentrated. And um, it's just individual herbs. It has tissue mint in there. It has um, our C complex, our B complex, our healthy cell um, in capsules and our um, vitamin complex. And, and vitamin complex mm-hmm. Yeah, it has five pills. Mm-hmm. Yep, it has two tissue mint. It has one C complex, one B complex, and one healthy cell. Five pills. And that makes up a good broad base of nutrients that we need. I mean, we could get a lot more. I mean, I take a lot of tissue mint anyways because tissue mint is just packed full of vitamins and minerals that we need for our tissues to heal and to function. Um, but a whole food vitamin is essential these days. I mean, we don't eat good enough unless we're growing our own food and adding in the stuff to make sure those plants are getting what they need or we're um, buying it from someone that we know is doing that. Organic is generally a little bit better because they take care of their land, but they don't always. Sometimes it's just merely that they don't use chemicals in their growing process. It doesn't mean that they're putting back into the soil what needs to be in the soil for that plant to utilize it. More often, minerals are better utilized through a plant because we have iron that's in the ground and you can't just go grind up some iron and eat it and expect that you're going to be healthy from it. You're going to end up problems with that iron. But if you planted a a beet in soil that has a lot of iron in it, then you're going to have a beet with a lot of iron in it. And onions um, take on iodine. So if there's soil that have a lot of iodine in it, you're going to get the iodine in your onions. But as I said, I mean, we're so deficient in those things. Um, One of the more common things I treat are um, thyroid issues. And the main thing that we use for that is iodine. People are so deficient in iodine today. And if you read on the bottle, it says, eh, take one to two drops. One to two drops of iodine a day <laughs> isn't going to touch much. You need at least 15 drops of iodine a day. Um, so I've kind of said a little bit of my piece on whole food vitamins, but I'm sure there are some questions maybe along this line. Maybe we're going to diverge on something else, but that's okay. Um, so let's open up for some questions. Any questions on what I've a- talked about? Or let's start there and then we'll diverge on other questions. Any questions? Well, I like that you explained that, the whole food vitamin. Because um, all these whole food vitamins are much more expensive as well. Mm-hmm. But, well, what it sounds you know, you could collect all of the plants that I put in our whole food vitamin yeah. and just incorporate it into your meals, <laughs> right. and that would make a big difference. But again, you'd still need to get it from some place that has that stuff in their soil. Yeah. Um, when you get, get herbs, a lot of time, the herb growers specifically make sure stuff is in the soil so the soil actually produces better, the plants do. Nice. Now, is, there, is there a way you can test the vitamin? No. Well, there's a few things that whenever I, if I was going to go out and look for a vitamin, there's a few things that I would do personally. Um, First off, I wouldn't take it in a tablet just because when it's in a tablet, it has to be packed together tight enough that it won't fall apart. Even when you break them, they don't necessarily fall apart. Um, and we're not chickens. We don't have a craw that's going to break it up for us once we swallow it. And most times you don't chew it. So it doesn't break down 
as well. I mean, there's a lot of studies, that, there's a lot of people that say that it really does, but I just, I don't know, I have a hard time with tablets. I would prefer a capsule that I know I, you can put a capsule in water and it just dissolves. Um, and then it's powder inside that your body is able to just get. Um, a lot of people go with tablets because a tablet can be smashed together and you can have the same, you can have almost twice as much in a tablet as you do in a capsule, but it's so smashed together that it's, it, that's how they get it all in there. Packed like crazy and you can't pack it that much in a capsule. <clears throat> so that's generally the benefit of doing a tablet is you get more, but do you get more when you take it? You may be able, the manufacturer may be able to put more on their label, but do you really get more? Um, so always a capsule. And then a lot of the isolates are okay, but um, you know, I don't know another food um, vitamin out there that is just um, herbs. All of them that I've seen, you look at them and they, um, they don't even tell you what herbs are in there. They just tell you the vitamins, and they say it's a whole food vitamin. So does that mean it comes from whole foods, but it's still an isolate? Not quite sure. It's got to be an isolate to some degree if they have the same ratio all the time, and it's exactly, uh, you always get 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C. I couldn't guarantee that if I did it as rose hips each time. So there's whole food vitamins, and there's, I don't even know what to classify ours because it diverges so far from the norm. Um, it is just herbs. <laughs> it is herbs that have high concentrations of the vitamins and nutrients that we need instead of taking the isolates. Um, but if you're out and about and you're going to get a whole food vitamin, get a whole food vitamin. Most of them try to do a good job. Um, there's, uh, there's, a, there's an article about vitamins. It's really worth reading. Um, it's a long article, though, and he says that... <clears throat> In order for it to say natural vitamins, you only have to have 10% natural vitamin in there. Um, for it to be, hmm, I see, so yeah, natural vitamin, only 10%. And then if the other, the other percentage of it can be an artificial vitamin. And the reason they do artificial is because it's cheap. And they generally make it from coal tar because coal tar has a wide variety of components that they can pull together and make whatever they want. So it's made of coal tar. Um, <clears throat> and that can be in most anything. Even if it says natural, um, it can still, it only has to be 10% natural. And it's really sad. Um, at the end of the night, I'll see if I can remember the name of that article, but I can't remember it. It's worth reading. And it gives a lot of guidelines to find a clean vitamin. Um, Mentioned one time about um, heating it, uh, vitamin or in the oven or something, and if it dissolves, it's good. If you stay with a like a cooked plastic, I guess. Oh yeah, if it turns to a gunk, a gunk if it just melts yeah. together and turns to a gunk. Yeah, oftentimes it should just go to powder and everything. Um, Really, a large, like, foods are important. I would say foods, if you're not going to, if you're not going to supplement with a, a good vitamin, then you need to eat acerola cherries. And you need to make sure they come from a good source because one cherry has more vitamin C than a whole orange. They're like 45% vitamin C. They're major vitamin C. Rose hips are awesome vitamin C. Paprika, 
using that. Actually, any of the um, green chili, vitamin C. Get your vitamin C through green chili. No. <laughs> um, but it's the biggest thing I try to help people understand is that it's about using food. Any of the supplements that I recommend are food. It's food that tastes nasty generally that I stick in a pill so you don't have to taste it. <laughs> and we need um, sometimes smaller amounts of it to, to start things off. If I, 30, sounds a lot, but it's about 30 pills average that I start somebody out with. Sometimes it's less, but it's right around 30 pills. 30 pills equals about um, 9, let's say 10. It equals about 3 tablespoons of powder. If you think about it, if you're going to eat something, three tablespoons of powder really isn't that much, is it? Three tablespoons of nutrients, and I've got to fill up a major nutrient base that's lacking because of food. I've got a long ways to go with three tablespoons at a time. But we see a lot of success, generally very quickly, with just three tablespoons because they're packed full of a lot of nutrients that the body really needs. But I wouldn't be successful unless I helped people start to change their diets. I want everybody to start to use grains. You need grains. It makes a it takes a headache off of me because you're starting to get some nutrients through your food and we don't have to just all do it through supplements. So I know I, I kind of jumped around. Hopefully I answered a little bit of your question and I'll, I'll see if I can get that article for you. Any other questions? Um. Just to let you know that one time I went to a foot zoner. I go to a foot zoner every once in a while and they work on your feet, right? And they can literally um, tell things that are going on in your body and tell you about that. Well, anyway, one time she was working on me and she was working, I'm thinking it was either my colon or my stomach on my feet. And she says, oh, did you take a pill not that long ago? And I go, yeah. And she says, oh, I can feel it in there. It hasn't dissolved very good yet, you know? And it was a hard-packed pill that I had taken, and she could feel it inside there that it hadn't dissolved. Mm -hmm. That was pretty interesting. Yeah, and so if it isn't broken down in there, it gets into your digestive tract, and then it's a big pill that has to slowly move through it. Yeah. So. So brown rice, mm -hmm. is that a good? Yeah. One I like, um, if you're used to white rice, the easier one to transition to is basmati. Or if there's jasmine rice. Jasmine rice is an easy one to transition to as well. And if you cook it and it's hard to chew, you didn't cook it long enough. Add more water and cook it some more. Um, generally, if I cook brown rice, I generally add a quarter of a cup more than what they recommend at least. Because um, then you can actually get it so it's soft. You can cook rice until it's mushy. Um, I don't like to cook it that far. But <laughs> cook it so you don't have to wear out your jaw before you're full. So... You know about my thyroid, mm -hmm. and um, before I started coming here, I would hear a lot about that you shouldn't eat um, like whole wheat or or um, uh, well, gluten is what they mm -hmm. say if you have thyroid issues. But mm -hmm. is it really about that or? Mm, well, I wouldn't say just eat gluten, Lick. <laughs> but um, yeah, eating, avoiding things without gluten. Gluten has gotten a huge, horrible rap these days. Horrible, horrible rap. And I know a lot of even natural practitioners, I'm weird when it comes to natural practitioners. I'm very weird. And a lot of that weirdness comes from my dad, but he's been <laughs> successful over 30 years and I've seen a lot of his success and I've had a lot of success with what he does. So I really believe it. Grains are important. 
most natural modalities actually push you away from it. There's gluten intolerance. There's the um, vegan, and there's all of these things. Well, actually, vegan, you can do grains. That's good. Um, but there's a lot of push, even in mainstream and natural, away from gluten. Um, I think that's very detrimental. The reason I believe that there's gluten problems is because what do Americans eat? They eat gluten and sugar. <laughs> That's it. The endosperm of the grain is sugar and gluten. There's a sticky stuff and there's a sugar around it. If that's all you eat, duh, you're going to get a problem with it. Especially since the whole grain, there's other stuff that helps break down the gluten. Our bodies, we were never intended to shave off all of the good stuff off the grain and just eat the white stuff. That's kind of like um, you serving your kids food and all they ever ate was the dessert. Are they going to become dessert intolerant and have health problems because of their just eating dessert? Yeah. <laughs> the gluten inside and the endosperm, which is the inside, is the reward for eating the rest of the grain. <laughs> And the rest of the grain is what helps to break it down. It has the oils in there that help you to utilize it. It has the um, bran that helps it to move through your digestive tract. Because where does it cause problems? In your digestive tract. Because it doesn't have the fiber to do anything. And once you've abused yourself so far that you become really gluten intolerant, there are some major things you have to do. Yeah, you're going to have to avoid all, source of, all sources of gluten for a while to be able to heal your digestive tract to be able to handle it. Because a healthy digestive tract can handle grain. If it can't handle grain, it's an unhealthy digestive tract. And you have to heal it, and it's a process. I've seen my dad take people from gluten intolerant, well, what is it, celiacs, all the way through to being able to handle grain again. It's possible. It's quite a process. And it takes a lot to heal your digestive tract and to start to use grains and stuff. And when they do start using grains, they use a whole grain. And you have to properly food combine it. That's another thing that's problem with grains today. How often do you eat a grain without a meat or a protein? Americans don't. Grains don't break down the same way if they're eaten with a protein. Because a protein requires a lot of acid in the stomach. It's broken down all in the stomach, basically. A little bit in your colon. Not much, though. Your grain is broken down mostly in your mouth and in your colon. It doesn't really break down much in the stomach. But in the mouth, it needs to get very alkaline. It gets to a pH about 7 or 8. And then it goes into the stomach, and it needs to maintain that pH. Otherwise, it stops the process of digestion. And then it needs to get down into the colon, and it's going to still be alkaline as it goes the rest of the way through. Protein doesn't break down in here. It just gets masticated in your mouth, and then it moves into your stomach. And that's where it's broken down, because there's a lot of acid that breaks it up, that burns it down to whatever it needs to be. So if you eat grain, well, you eat meat, and it's in your stomach, and it's triggering all of these acid pumps to start out putting out acid, and so now the pH of your stomach is about 2, very acidic. It's like the pH of vinegar. It's like having vinegar in your stomach or battery acid. It's, it's pretty acidic. Um, and then you eat a grain, and so all of the alkaline enzymes are firing in your mouth, and you create a pH of 7, like baking soda, and then you swallow that into your stomach of vinegar, Duh, you're going to have some health problems. 
you're going to have some digestive problems because now you have vinegar and baking soda in your stomach. And what happens when you mix vinegar and baking soda? It's volatile. It starts to expand. You get acid reflux. Ooh. You get bloating as it moves through your system. And it makes it so it's too alkaline in the stomach to break down the meat. And then it's too acidic so it neutralizes and makes it so, well, yeah, it makes it too acidic for the grain to continue to break down. So then it gets out of the stomach and your body has to realkaline that mass so it can move the rest of the way through because it doesn't move through acidic through your colon. And it realkalines it, but the grain and the meat, if it hasn't had the acidic breaking down, it can't break down any further in the colon. So what does it do? It's you got a hunk of meat that's going to slowly move through your digestive tract and putrefy as if it was sitting on your counter. So, yeah, there's going to be some problems, and the sugars help to encourage some of the stuff. So we blame a lot of it on grain, because if you eliminate grain, what happens? You're food combining. You're eating meat and vegetables, and you don't have the grain. So the meat is being digested properly. If you eliminated the meat instead of the grain, you'd have the same problems. Everybody would be meat intolerant. We couldn't have that in America today. <laughs> we... Um, Actually, in America today, we, um, 100 years ago, from 100 years ago, we eat 400 times the amount of meat that we did 100 years ago. I've got, I eat meat. I've got nothing wrong with meat. I eat grains. But I think we should eat a little bit of everything. Um, one of the reasons I think people eat so much meat today is because they're too separated from the source. Have you ever killed an animal and butchered it? and taking it from a live animal that you raised all the way through to eating it. If you ever did that process, and you had to do that for your own food, you wouldn't eat much meat. I guarantee you. <laughs> I've done it myself. I have animals, and I occasionally butcher them. I'm raising a pig. And that's another odd thing for a natural therapist. I'm sorry. I'm weird. Um, I've got a pig. I'm raising it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to eat it. Um... I, and I'm going to teach my kids that. I think that they need to have the heartache of raising an animal. They may fall in love with it. That's okay. But they're going to learn that that animal is, there's a purpose for it. And I'm going to let them know clear through this animal we're raising to eat. It's the same if you go and you buy it off the shelf, you just don't have to have the heartache. And it's hard for me every time I kill an animal to kill them and to, to eat them. And I, I don't necessarily like killing them, but sometimes you need the meat. And we are so far away from our food that we suck at what we actually eat. Um, so there's so many people that don't even touch the preparation of their food. They go to McDonald's, they go somewhere else, they go and buy an instant something and put it in the microwave. We're so far away from the source of our food that we can't guarantee its quality. Do you trust um, the big manufacturers of food? Do you trust them to, that they are their prime um, objective is for your health? Well, it's supposed to be, and you'd think it would be. Well, I I can't think of a food manufacturer, at least main ones, that their prime concern was with health, especially when it comes to making instant food. It was about giving you something that you would eat, that you would like, and you would do again because it was easy. We don't, we don't eat food. We eat food products. And we eat food that somebody else made. I mean, I, 
if I know somebody, I trust them to cook for me. But unless I know somebody, I don't trust that they have my best um, intentions in mind. I don't think they, they um, have the best in mind for me. And we're trusting big corporations that make a lot of money to provide food for us that's best for us. We're so separated from our food. And it's sad. We're separated. Uh, everything's processed. Even, our, even when we come down to supplements, a B vitamin that is an isolate is just as processed as white sugar. Once, um, and actually a lot of the things, when they, every time you process it, you're moving towards like white sugar. And uh, who doesn't know that white sugar isn't good for it? Um, I know there are some people, but <laughs> um, every time you process it, you simplify it and make it easier for your body to utilize it, and your body becomes lazier and lazier and bigger and bigger, has more health issues. You want your body to work for it. Give it the as close to its natural source as possible and make your body work for the nutrients it's going to get because it knows how to use it. We should make chemicals versus taking chemicals. We should. Our body is a brilliant... Um, lab that's able to take water and food and make every chemical known to mankind that's needed for our bodies. Make thousands of different hormones and thousands of different chemicals, which is water and food. No other company can do that. We should let our bodies manufacture. We should put foods that have a lot of B vitamins and let our body separate whatever B vitamins it wants instead of guessing, oh, we need B12. I don't agree with that. There's a lot of people that will say, oh, you need a lot of this B vitamin, you need a lot of that. I can see sometimes in, the, in a dry blood analysis that you have a lack of antioxidants. Lack of antioxidants, I mean, that's generally vitamin A, C, and E. Um, but, I mean, there's oranges and other things. When I say, I would generally tell them A, C, and E, but the C that I would use is a, is a large complex of different nutrients that are really important. Then you can see some mineral. When I see mineral deficiency, I see it all as one. It's not calcium. It's not anything else. It's all the 17 minerals that are essential for bone health. Um, so separating it and isolating, we get too caught up in that. And I really think that um, us in the natural field, we too many people in the natural field today are pharmacists 100 years ago. They're doing what pharmacists did. They're starting to isolate things, and they're starting to standardize, standardize extracts. They're starting to make it standard so it has the same chemical in it every time. As an herbalist, am I giving you a specific chemical that's in an herb? No. I'm giving you the whole herb because God created that herb, and it helps with something specific. I don't care what chemicals are in it. Uh, but there's a lot of herbalists that get caught up in that, and that's because we're so wrapped up in the medical industry today that we... We get caught up in the isolating, what concentration should it be? It's nutrients. What concentration should your food be? I mean, what chemical are you getting from broccoli that's all that great? A pharmacist may go and they may pick it apart and say, oh, this is what is in broccoli that makes it happen. But when they separate that and make it into a drug, then it has a side effect? I'll take the broccoli. They don't have no side effects, <laughs> except for gas, but that's just a cleansing effect, so I don't know. <laughs> So are there any other questions? I know I can just talk forever. Well, I have a... Um, they can be off the wall ones. That's okay. That's fine. Um, um, athlete's foot. 
Athlete's foot. Um, having it for a few years and trying to deal with it, eating a good, healthy diet, drinking water, using tea tree oil, um, oregano oil, soaking in different baths, foot baths and stuff, still has it. What, what can just get rid of it? I mean, we're tired of still having it. Funguses are horrible. Um, funguses are actually pretty misunderstood even by the medical field and everything. They can look very similar to a red blood cell when they're checking for fungus. Um, funguses are very resilient as well. A fungus um, becomes, res becomes immune to things very quickly. Um, if you use just tea tree oil, it's going to become immune to tea tree oil. Um, if you use just something else, it'll become immune to it. Um, the basic things, uh, elements that it can't become immune to are what really take care of it. Um, and alternating between things, and it has a lot to do with diet too. Fungus is not only a problem on the feet. If you have a foot problem with fungus, then you mostly, most likely have a problem somewhere else with fungus. Something that actually really contributes to fungus problems is antibiotics. Because an antibiotic is the chemical that a fungus puts off. It's an aflatoxin that's chemically recreated. And that's why when you take an antibiotic, um, you get yeast overgrowth or you get digestive problems because it doesn't kill the fungus. And funguses create an aflatoxin to keep down the bacteria, and the bacteria create stuff to keep down the fungus. And when one gets out of line with the other, the fungus gets strong, and the bacteria is down, then it allows the fungus to continue to put off that aflatoxin and continue to kill the bacteria. So in a sense, you're permanently on an antibiotic at that point because you have so much fungus that's secreting so much aflatoxin, you're just permanently on a bacteria, uh, no, I mean, an antibiotic that's constantly killing your, your bacterial flora and keeping it down. So treating just athlete's foot may be a folly because does this person have digestive issues? Does this person ever have a yeast infection? Does this person... Um, have other joint issues? Does this person have other things that are related to fungus as well? If so, there's fungus spread throughout the body and you actually need to take care of fungus throughout the whole body to even take care of it instead of trying to kill a fungus here that can constantly be reinforced by fungus from somewhere else. So um, generally um, there are some things like podiarco and iodine um, used alternating generally makes really good headway with fungus. Um, but I would do a diet along with it. They need to avoid any of the grains for a little while, any sugars, any even complex sugars for a short period of time. Um, so they would need to avoid all of the grains for a little bit. And then nuts and this, well, they couldn't have pistachios or peanuts, um, but they could have all of the other nuts and seeds. And then <clears throat> they couldn't have any of the fruits except for citruses, berries, and um, green apples. And then they could have all of the fruits except for all the vegetables except for the fungus, the mushrooms, and corn and yams um, for a little while. And then they could have the meats as long as they are lean or grass-fed because there can be fungus in the fat if it's not if the animal isn't fed right. If it's not grass-fed, there could be fungus in the fat, and you don't want that to contribute to it. And then, of course, you need to take, like, fection and some colonic caps and coconut oil and things like that that will specifically go after the fungus to help to reduce it. And that can help clear the fungus throughout your whole body.
And then while you're doing that, um, using topically the podiarco and um, iodine, no, but also um, gland salve is helpful there as well. So topically the iodine, putting it, because how do you? You wash up the foot really good, and then you just make sure that the iodine completely covers the affected area of fungus. Just straight out of the bottle? Just, mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So it should make it yellow. And then you use the Podiarco tincture and do the same thing. Just make sure it cuts, covers the whole fungus. Um, also, sounds silly, but um, urinating on your feet actually kills it pretty quick. It's weird, but it does it. <laughs> um, so you don't have to take iodine internally? Um, not specifically, because um, using coconut oil, coconut oil um, actually coats fungus and helps it to get out of the body, but it also has caprylic acid that kills the fungus, and the infection helps to uh, boost up the immune system and start to kill off fungus, um, and uh, colonic caps, actually um, psyllium husk absorbs fungus in the lower digestive tract and helps it to actually move out. Because sometimes it'll get into the lower digestive tract and hang out, and psyllium husk helps to get a hold of it. So the colonic caps has psyllium husk, but it also has bentonite clay and some other things that are very helpful in pulling some of those toxins out as well. Is all of that, um, would be the same for, like, the toenail fungus? A toenail fungus, um, it, it could contribute. Generally, we can you can you may be able to get headway with just podiarco and iodine. And yes, the same with the toe fungus. But sometimes, if you're having this constant, it won't go away. Then you have to treat the whole body for fungus versus just the affected area. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank you. So with the iodine, you just put um, like a drop on each. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wherever it's affected. And the iodine is kind of a reddish color. If When I say iodine, I mean Lugol's iodine. Lugol's iodine. Not just potassium iodine. Not just any other type of iodine. Lugol's iodine. Um, two to seven percent. Seven percent would be best, but two is okay. Um, and you put, generally it just needs like a drop um, per toe on uh, the toenail. And you have to alternate it every day. Don't use it. If you use just the iodine, um, the fungus will become immune to it. Um, if you do use just the podiarco, mm-hmm. Not together at the same time. Not together at the same time. One day iodine, one day podiarco. Okay. You alternate between the two. You never just use one. And, I mean, tea tree is always good there as well. You could do a, a three cycle of doing all of them if you want, but if you've already been using um, tea tree, stop the tea tree and start using the podiarco and the iodine. Podiarco, you make a wet out of it? Oh, it's already made. They have a tincture here, generally. You, you just pick it up from here. <laughs> or, um, I guess we're recording this, so you can generally just Google it. Um, Podiarco tincture. Or, um, a lot of health food stores carry Podiarco. Um, what happens... This is kind of changing the subject again. But oh, what happens when... After they've gone to see you and people have like maybe 10 different things they have to get when they come up front and some of them will say they can't afford everything right now and they'll ask like, well, what is the best thing for me to take? Well, I can't really tell them that because I don't know. 
how do we how do we do that? Well, that's that partially happen? why I put an explanation to most of the herbs next to them, so they can make a decision on which they one they this. want to oh, okay. to do from there. I try to give them the minimum I can to see results quickly. I'm not trying to just overload them. I'm trying to give the minimum I can to see success quickly because if someone doesn't see success quickly, they're going to stop. Right. Um, I don't try to just ever load anyone up. I have some clients that over a while, because there's been several issues, that they're almost on 70 pills a day. Uh, it's a lot of pills. My wife um, was actually at that point because there's a lot of things we needed to do with her fertility and some other things like that. Um, but I start them out as as low as I can, especially if there's some issues. They just have to de determine if they have three issues they want to take care of. Um, oftentimes, it's like four or five pills per issue. <laughs> um, so there's those different things. If they're if they have thyroid issues, then there's the anemia and the iodine, and so they have to just determine for them if they're going to try to do one or the other. But it is works synergistically together. What I generally do if, like, I'm in the store, I recommend, hey, why don't you buy a smaller amount of it? Um, that's why we often in our clinic, we carry the 30s as well, so they can get a little bit of the whole therapy and try it for a short period of time and see success and then start making decisions from there instead of just buying a lot of one part of the therapy. So it's it really ends up a lot to their decision. It's I I try to reduce it and make it as minimal as possible, but sometimes it's tough. Some people just don't have the money, and especially when I run deals that um, they can come in for less and they wouldn't have been able to see me otherwise, then the therapies with herbs are still um, more. And sometimes there's uh, people will come to a health food store because they figure natural therapies would be cheaper. They're not always cheaper. Um, and I would love to be able to just help everybody, but I, <laughs> I got to make a buck too. And um, we do our herbs as inexpensive as we possibly can. Um, we've looked into having other people manufacture for us. So they can't manufacture cheaper than we manufacture. Um, so we try to keep it in as inexpensive as possible. And I feel bad for those people that have to make those decisions. But let me, let me share an experience. I... In a family business, there's not always a lot of money. I mean, we have, we do pretty good, but then there's there's some slow times. If you're in the natural modality, you know there's some slow times, okay? Um, and so, I don't know, my wife and I being married and, I mean, working here um, for a while, there wasn't always a whole heck of a lot of money. But you'd be surprised how much money when we actually wanted to do something, when we really wanted to do it. We were able, while I was working here and getting paid, I don't know, a little over minimum wage, um, we were able to buy a rebounder, which was $400 for a rebounder. With making like nothing. We didn't even go on dates hardly at all. At the end of our budget, we had our budget, and then we had like five, we had $50 that we bought groceries on and everything else that we needed. That was our budget for a week, $50 entirely. That there was our 
um, after our house pay, our um, apartment payment and all of those things, we had $50 for groceries and if we needed toiletries and if we needed anything else. Yet somehow we bought a rebounder for $400. So my point with that is there's a lot of people that really don't have any money and don't have much, but you'd be surprised if they really are dedicated and want to get better where they could find money to help them get better. I mean, I don't know if you've seen instances personally in your own life like that, but there's, there's times, and I'm, I'm not saying that I want people to just go into debt and things like that, but sometimes you have to spend money to make money. In business, you gotta spend money to make money. In life, sometimes you have to spend money to make money because you gotta spend money to get healthy so you can make money, <laughs> okay? Um, so, one of the things one day, um, too, Karen did a, she did a comparison. So she went around the grocery store and looked at what regular produce and grains and stuff were, and then she went and looked at what the organic would be. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't a huge difference. Like she thought there would be. A lot of people have the perception that there's a huge difference. So sometimes we have to just tell them, you know, we have to kind of get them to think differently. Like, you know, there's not a huge difference. Like, for example, even with people, I'll tell them, you know, don't start a bunch of stuff you're never going to do. Cook the same way you cook, but use good ingredients. Don't mm -hmm. start going out looking for weird recipes that are, that are more healthy. Just take the foods you already eat, but make them organic, whole, whole grain source. Mm -hmm. You know, and then make them taste, you know, like you like them, you know, any type of a thing, so that it's not a huge change, it's just a little change. But if they start to do that, then they, you know, they'll mm -hmm. realize, too, that eating at home with the, with the healthy things is actually probably much cheaper than eating out. Absolutely, it's a and heck of a lot cheaper. And the difference they can use in, you know, for herbs and stuff like that, it's a win-win, because they're getting a better nutrition, and, and, mm -hmm. and that... Maybe they don't have to go that all the rest of their life, but they need to get their health back. Mm -hmm. And then they and then they need to incorporate it on a regular basis, you know, and, and with the other once in a great while rather yeah. than the other way around, you know. And I understand not being able to afford things and stuff like that, so it's you gotta figure it out. But I found that the individuals that even if they don't have a lot of money to really afford a lot of my therapy, when they decide to do it anyone that actually decides to do my therapy and actually goes out there and buys the full amount is going to get better. And I've seen them just get better very quickly and do it. Um, and those ones that... Oh, I've seen some people that pr um, pretend to be a lot poorer than they may be. Or even when you just think about it in your mind, if I had to look at the... If you weren't, if you weren't committed to do it, you're not going to spend the money. If you're committed to do it, you spend the money. And I don't know if that's hard or not or whatever, but sometimes there's the times that they'll buy a little bit here or they'll buy a little bit there. And I realize there's several customers that with running this deal and just talking with them, I realize, okay, they're not going to end up buying the therapy and they're not going to end up doing those things. And, you know, maybe it is 100% impossible for them, uh, but I can't absolutely help everybody. Um, I would love to be able to, 
Um, actually, one of my dreams is to have a nonprofit organization that enough people donate to that I could help even those people that couldn't afford it. But one of my fears is that I've, we've helped in the business many times people that couldn't afford it. And we covered all of their therapies and we covered all of their herbs and they didn't do it. They didn't do it. You have to have value to it. Um, and sometimes you have to have a lot of value to it to make somebody actually do it. Because if you spend $400 on your therapy, you're going to take them herbs. <laughs> yeah. So there's a really fine line in there. Um, people, if they don't have responsibility, they don't do it. And, and it's sad in America today that we don't... Nobody pays for their health care, really. And so the idea of spending any money for your health care is ridiculous. Yet they would go out and spend, buy a $20,000 car and spend $400 a month on that car. Is your health more important than your car? Sometimes you have to have your car to get back and forth to work, but second, sometimes that's a second car. So you're, it all depends on where priorities are. And sometimes you can feel that when you're working with an individual. You can feel, hey, this is just, it's not their priority. They thought, hey, this is a good idea. Maybe it's cheaper. And it was just about, hey, this might be cheaper, not this is really what I want to do. I know that was a long conversation, but I've thought a lot about it. Well, I mean, and, and the one other thing is, what about, because I had a lady today, and I could tell it was finances. Mm -hmm. And is there, a, is there a way that, for somebody who just really can't do it right now, that there's a, I don't know, you know what I mean? But when you can really tell just, like, priority, like, these mm -hmm. are going to give you your biggest... The, the biggest thing is them determining because they come to me and if there's thyroid and they want just one herb to take, I'm sorry, you need both. You need minerals and you need vitamins because you have to have a nutrient base for your thyroid to work from. And you've got to have anemia and you at least got to have iodine. You've got to have it. If you have, you're going to have a lot slower success. You're not going to, I mean, you could just take iodine, but you're still, you don't have the nutrient base to really work from. Um, so it's very hard to do that sort of thing. If they um, say that they have multiple health issues, then I generally narrow it down to one or two and work with those. And they have to determine what they can do from there. By That's why I try to put that information on what each herb does so they can determine, okay, I'm going to just take the one that helps with thyroid or I'm just going to take the one that helps with the immune system because for me to narrow down my therapy so much, it makes it so I can't be successful. I know what the bare minimum is to have success with a thyroid and what the bare minimum is to have success with anemia or to have success with some of those other ones. And when they start um, narrowing it down too much, it's just tough. It's, it's um, tough for me to even tell them what bare minimum they could do there. They really have to decide, okay, I'm going to just try this, and it's them experimenting back and forth at that point. Are we over an hour? Not quite yet. Not quite. One question about this. The plastic anemia, is anemia good for that? I mean, yeah. what would you Any type of anemia. Any type of anemia. Um, but um, any type there, sometimes when there's anemia that's severe like that, they need infection because your body builds its blood. It's part of the immune system, and the immune system needs to be built. 
and then sometimes you need um, a stronger iron as well to kind of build up their major loss to make some more success so like the Floridex is always a good option um, and then sometimes there's other um, contributing factors that um, can interfere with it um, sometimes like I've had individuals that have anemia and they have low energy but their thyroid is functioning great which is very odd um, but then they happen to have viral in their blood, which makes it so, oh, duh, that's why you have chronic fatigue. It's not because you're anemic specifically, but it's because you have viral. And um, so you have to treat the viral as well because their problem is that they have no energy is what they're irritated with, which actually takes a lot of pills to take care of um, viral. But it's vitally important that you take care of the anemia problem at the same time because if you don't then their thyroid is going to stop functioning and you're never going to take care of their energy um, so it has to be treated synergistically all at once and if you treat one at a time you may build up the anemia but you'll still have chronic fatigue which is the problem that they're irritated with so they're going to leave you because you never fixed the problem and to fix the problem, you have to treat both because anemia can cause chronic fatigue and viral most definitely causes chronic fatigue. And if you're anemic for a long period of time, your thyroid starts to have an issue. So I've seen those, those sorts of instances and that's just, that's why it's, it's so hard to, to separate it because um, for an individual like that, I may have to give them quite a few pills to take care of it. If, um, I would have to give them nine infection, three tablespoons of coconut oil, um, four anemia, um, 15 drops of iodine probably. Well, no, the thyroid's not. It would just be the, no, probably like nine anemia. And then, of course, the minerals and vitamins because they need that nutrient base. And that's still quite a bit of pills um, to even start to get that base. So it's hard to, the therapy isn't cheap to take care of that. Um, and there's not an element that generally uh, is singular. Sometimes I have people that come in and they have low energy. Actually, low energy is number one generally that I treat. And generally it's either thyroid, um, viral, adrenal, um, stress, or a lack of sleep generally. Um, and if you happen to have all five contributing to your low energy, yeah, you're really punk. And you're going to have to do a lot. You have to treat all five to get to the point of having good energy. Um, but if you have a thyroid issue and you have a stress issue, then we have to treat the thyroid and the stress at the same time. Otherwise, we'll never have success with the thyroid. And that's why sometimes when they go out there, and say this individual comes in and they are really, they have bad anxiety and other stuff like that, and they have no energy at all, um, I would need to treat their anxiety and take care of their emotional state at the same time of taking care of their thyroid to make any headway with a thyroid because the thyroid gets very depleted when you're under stress. But just taking care of the stress doesn't take care of the thyroid. 
So when they try to go out there and say, okay, I'm taking nemia for a day, and I'm taking iodine 15 drops a day, and I'm taking six um, Nerquilizer and six Chillin, uh, no, and three Chillin, and I'm taking five uh, pills in the uh, vitamin, and I'm taking um, the mineral, where, what do you drop out? Because they, you have to take care of their anxiety, <laughs> And you have to affect the thyroid at the same time, or they'll never build up their energy problems. Is there any, any value at all to if the full amount is good, if they really have to like budget it over the month, but maybe a little smaller dose would work okay? okay? Um, I mean, I just want to know so that, you know, they, if they ask me that, I Well, say, the thing well, is, when it comes to thyroid, if it is thyroid or whatever, and if it's if that instance came out that they were taking the anemia and the thyroid and the um, all of that that I just said, two weeks, they're going to see a huge difference. Thyroid can flip very quickly in two weeks. Sometimes it takes longer, but I can see it flip in two weeks and go up to perfect. And then sometimes it takes a while, but anxiety and depression and those sorts of issues happen very quickly and generally I have to give them three Nerquilizer and six chillin and tell them to take more and sometimes they even have to take more to really get on top of their emotional issues and once they're on top of their emotional issues then they can start to narrow down but if you if you do too little and you're still causing the damage um, you're having a problem it's kind of like having a hole in your bucket um, and you're pouring water into the hole in your bucket because uh, into your bucket that has holes in it. And if you pour just a little bit, you're just going to pour enough just to go out those holes and see no difference. You have to get enough that you can pour in enough that there's enough stays in there to feel a difference. And that's why I do the minimums that I do. In two weeks, I need to see results. I need to have them help get better with... Um, thyroid and those sorts of things. I want to see their thyroid getting better in two weeks. That's why I see them in two weeks when they are do thyroid because if they're not feeling better, I want to see, oh, did the numbers come up? If they do, I can encourage them and say, you're doing good. We just need to do it a little bit longer because your numbers have started to come up. Um, so it's doing minimums when you get to too small, um, it, it's, not as if, it's not so effective. It's something that you could take for a very, very long period of time and never do it because you're depleting it faster than you're filling it. And so it's, it's, that's why it's hard to just say, okay, you can take a lesser amount. Um, I try to give them the lesser amount um, to get that filled up, but it's a larger amount than they're going to need a little later on because I filled up that base. Okay. Any other questions? I can probably take one more question. Well, I don't have a question, but I just want to tell you that um, we have so many customers that are so grateful for you continuing going on with this and seeing patients, and we're just so grateful for you, too. Thank you. And we opened up, we are going to be here in two weeks. So we opened up that schedule so you can let people know, um, and the deal is running for this next time we're there, too. So anyone that Thursday, wants... Friday? Um, only if we fill up Friday. Okay. Right now it's just Friday. Okay. Um, if we cool. fill up all of Friday, then yes, we'll go to Thursday. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Scott. Cool.